0: Hey there beautiful people, welcome back to Fanta, the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. We have missed you. I am Travel Anderson.
1: And I am a fucking professor, bitch. Jared Hill, <laughs> we are so excited to have you uh, joining us back. Sorry, I'm really excited. I got a new job. Watch the internet, if you haven't heard about it.
0: Not watch the internet. (laughs)
1: Listen, and shout out to my students at USC who are probably listening to this, but I hope not. But I'll be referring you back to old episodes. Um, We've got a lot to talk about this week. Um, We're going to be kind of catching you up on some of the things that we've been doing while we were away. Today's fan tie, we're going to be talking about for our 100th episode, which... We haven't even mentioned that, right? We're, it's our 100th episode Well, we just of started.
0: Of course we haven't mentioned it. We're
1: very excited to be 100 episodes in. We're going to be talking about some of the past episodes and what we may have changed our minds on or really just might be doubling down on a couple of things um, or where <laughs> our perspectives have shifted. We've got dishonorable mentions and a whole lot more. A cool announcement of something new that we're going to be doing um, a little bit later this month. Um, all that is coming up. But first... What the hell is going on in 2022? Travel? we've been away for almost a month as far as taping episodes is concerned. The people have gotten new episodes in the meantime. Um, what have you been up to since we've been away?
0: Nothing. All right. So then <laughs> I have been... <laughs> Great. Okay. You Super know, we've just been out here. I can't say that a lot has happened over the last month. You know, I did my best to, like, actually take time away. It didn't work. It's fine. But, you know, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be able to run my mouth every week for the people, once again, I am, you know, writing a couple books, you know, formal announcements, you know, TBA. I was going to say, um, I
1: don't think we can say that yet, but I said, okay. I can say I'm
0: writing books. I, we can't say, will we write it? But, you know, I'm writing a book or two. Okay. Formal announcements coming down the road, whatever. Keep your eyes out, whatever you going to say. <laughs> wow. A couple of announcements or whatever, you, knows, um, whatever's, you know, whatever. fine. I'm, produ- I'm I'm consulting on a couple TV shows out here in these streets. You know, we're we're mm. back on the this is the biggest update, actually. This is the biggest update since, you know, we stopped recording. You know, she's back on the dating scene again, like for real, for real this Uh-oh. time. Uh-oh. And okay. you know what? Let's just say she's it's going here. well. Let's just say it's going well. Let's leave it, let's leave it there.
1: Ooh. How you doing? Shout out to the shimmy shoulder. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we love to hear it. Yeah. What about for you?
1: Um, you know, writing a book, which I think you might know something a little bit about. Um, <laughs> apparently mm. the announcement is pending. Because <laughs> I didn't even think we could say that. But um, yes, we have a we have um some book projects uh, in development. To be clear, Travell and I have a book together. Travel has a book, and then I have a, a, another project that's in development as well. Um, I shaved my
0: head. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying being bald. You know what? Can I say? Can I say i I want the people to hear it? I want it to be on wax, as the girls say back Ooh. in the day, okay, a little anxious that we'll no no, no it's a, it's a compliment, which is why I want to say it okay. over the air. You know, you and I, we logged into this zoom the other day to produce this episode it was it was the the reveal for me of the bald head oh, this it's a fuller beard situation, and so I just want to mm. say you know publicly that it's giving friend it's doing what it needs to do okay and you know what i don't know what you're doing in your dating romantic life but baby listen it's giving i'll just leave it there
1: i one i just want to say i appreciate that and um thank you yeah i've been like Y'all know over the last year, I've been changing it up. In, in the photo that y'all see on the podcast, I'm giving you hair. I'm giving you locks.
0: It's giving, it's giving um, Wakanda forever.
1: It's giving, is this your king? <laughs> um, and then uh, I shaved my head and then I grew my hair out again. And then I was blonde. And now I'm, I'm uh, bald and like having fun with that. And we'll see how long it lasts, child. Like I, For me, it's really about low maintenance. And being bald means I don't have to brush. <laughs> and so I enjoy that. Um, especially with as busy as I am right now. But, um, but then the beard is work, so there's that. Also, there's been a lot of film and television. I know the two of us have both watched a lot of television um, and films. I will say that the thing I've watched the most has been Us Again on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know if it's a spark short or if it's from Pixar, but um, Us Again is one of my very favorite things on Disney+. Plus. It's a cute six-minute little uh, musical short that I love, and I've been playing the music from it. Um, Insecure wrapped up for us while we were away. It did. I want to be clear: we've we've noted multiple times that we've been away. We have not said that we were off. Clear about that, <laughs> Amen. Because we have been working. <laughs> I, I also I just want to lift up uh, Princess Penny had a tweet that I really loved from the finale of Insecure. No spoilers here, essentially, but I, I just loved that. Um, if, and if you haven't seen it, girl, that's your issue at this point. But I appreciated that Princess. Uh, his tweet said, "You know, we wanted Black women to have it all because they should." And I saw that, and like it made me emotional. I was feeling things about it, um, and so loved the finale of Insecure and, and all the folks that, that made that happen. I've been watching them. I watched all of the morning show. Wait, so let me ask.
0: Oh, go ahead. Did you? Because I, I feel like we would have discussed Insecure if we were recording episodes. You know, when the premiere uh, of this season finale happened, were you, were you happy with the end of the show? Did you feel you know you know resolved?
1: Yes, I've always been team Lawrence, and I think that's because I'm also lowkey team JLS. Let's be clear. Um, but I've you always would been team be. Lawrence, and of course, have we met? Um, and so loved it. I really enjoyed it. I know the first time I watched it, because I think I've watched the finale like three times now. The first time I watched it, the ending was abrupt to me. Like I didn't realize, like, oh, this is the end, right in this moment, in this scene. Um, and then when I went and watched it again, I remember thinking like, oh, this was actually a really perfect ending. Um, if you if you pay attention, like they're literally talking about the pilot, right? The first episode. I love that we see Issa walk out of the mirror. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um I I just loved it. I really, really enjoyed the finale. I thought they did a beautiful job with it. So Okay. Did you? How did oh, how did you feel?
0: No, I thought it was fine. You know, like, they they made it clear to me from the beginning that, um, like, Issa was going around saying that, like, they, her and the writers team, they, like, absolved themselves of this idea that, like, the storylines for these characters are actually ending. And so she said Mm -hmm. that, like, when, when they realized that, like, actually... These characters will live on like in in their everyday lives, whatever their everyday lives are. We're just stopping the TV show version, you know, right now. Um, And so I think that 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 ending point that you made in terms of the feeling of it not feeling like an end was like something that I expected based on, yeah, all of that, you know, discussion around it. So I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean, you know. I, not perfect you know you know it wasn't like a hundred percent you know amazing you know i still got questions and wow. concerns but you know i did really wow, enjoy
1: anti-blackness. it blackness um well, i uh surprise surprise <laughs> i i binged the morning show got all the way through that thoroughly enjoyed it i watched being the ricardos um which i loved way more than i expected um the story of um lucille ball and and that man her husband <laughs> her <laughs> husband uh desi arnaz um, I watched Mahershala Ali's swan song, which I really, I thought was good, but I think I expected something more out of it with Mahershala Holly and Glenn Close. But I really enjoyed it. I think I expected it to be longer or something like that. But there's that. Um, I was really late on Michelle Buteau's um, stand up special, Buttopia. So I watched that and like cackled through it. You're welcome. Um, it's on on Netflix.
0: Well, I did recommend it to you. Don't look at me like I'm like Brr, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Missy Elliott. If you know, you know.
1: Um and the, the last thing that I've been watching that I um I've had mixed feelings about is Ted Lasso. Um Ted Lasso did so well at the at the Emmys and like everyone was praising it and you know, just moist about it. And like I was like, it can't be that good. And like it is a very slow start for me, but it definitely picks up toward the end of the first season, and now I'm almost at the end of the second season. And without a spoiler, I just got to the end of episode eight and there's a line that just says for, for next time. And I was just like, I loved it. It's been great. Um, so for those of you watching Ted Lasso, it's great. And then lastly, I start as a professor at USC's uh, Annenberg School of Communication and Journalism. The day that this drops on Thursday, it will be my uh, first day with students and teaching. And, um, that is really bizarre and weird. Um, I've. Never saw myself doing uh, teaching and as a professor. And now I'm getting Professor Ogilvie jokes all the time now. So it's, it's fun.
0: Yes, <laughs> Professor Ogilvie. Um, if you know, you know. But I would just love to say. If you know. For, for any of um, Jarrett's students that might be listening.
1: I don't like where this is going. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, <laughs> we get into a safer space for me. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, because I know this is going to be bad.
0: No, no, I was just going to tell them that if they needed a support system to get them through your class, then they when are welcome. When we come
1: back, we talking about the things we've changed our minds on, getting into that fan tie <laughs> right after this. Don't go anywhere. Emails, laundry, groceries. The list goes on and on. There's a lot that's on your to-do list, but what should be at the top or on the bottom? The answer is you. This year, put yourself first with the help of Dipsy. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they've even got brand new written stories if you're into the written erotica, no matter who you're into, or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring these stories to life anytime, anywhere. There are hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content every week, so there's always more to explore. I saw them in my inbox recently. They're talking about bondage, honey. They said, we're all tied up or something like that. I was like, very well played. They're also very good for the puns. If you're into the punny shit, like they are fantastic at that. I really... I'm always appreciating the puns. Uh, for listeners of the show, Dipsey is offering an extended 30 day free trial when you go to slash fanti There's 30 days of full access for free when you go to d i p s e a stories.com/fanti. That's slash fanti
0: Fanti is also brought to you by Wealthfront. Now listen, a lot of investment apps, they claim to make it easy to start trading. But just because it's easy to do doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Wealthfront makes it easy to invest and easy to grow your savings with a diversified portfolio that balances your other riskier bets. You can start investing in no time with Wealthfront's classic portfolio or make it your own with things that you care about like socially responsible funds, technology, crypto trusts, or hundreds of other investments. Wealthfront was designed by financial experts to help you turn your good ideas into great investments without the hassle of doing everything yourself. Wealthfront is trusted with over $28 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. You could be next to start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash Fanti. That's W-E-A-L-T h f r o n t dot com slash fanti to start building your wealth go to wealthfront.com slash fanti to get started today
1: welcome back to fanti bitches and butches oh wow I, we
0: are excited about- <laughs> jesus have mercy it's the first episode back jared come on listen
1: i'm coming in hot okay um, we're excited to be commemorating our 100th episode this week and taking a look back at what we've had to say and what we've had some adjustments on. To be clear, we haven't really completely flipped on any of these topics, but time and distance from an issue can often color it a bit differently. And with time, some things we feel even more clear about than before. Travel, go ahead and talk about Karamo.
0: A number of years ago, I wrote a a review of um karamo brown's memoir um the name of the memoir for those who aren't familiar is called karamo my story of embracing purpose healing and hope and you know karamo for you know i should say i guess you know of real world fame back in the day he's the black delegation on queer eye right now um, i'm not doing this I'm but not. I wrote this review while I was at Out Magazine and, you know, I'll just read the headline. Because it's a spicy girl. It's a a spicy (laughs) headline enough. I just said, Karamo Brown's new memoir is written for the white gays. G-A-Z-E. That was the headline. That's what it was. I had read the book and I just felt like so much about the book, you know, wasn't... It was written knowing that, like, white people would be reading. And so, therefore, there needed to be, you know, different explanations about things that, you know, in, in Karamo's life experience that, like, we as black folks or, you know, black queer folks would, like, automatically know. And I kind of... I gave him a lot of shit, Okay. In this which I'm gonna call it. And so I wanted to start off with this point in terms of something that I have evolved on. Because I didn't have to write this piece, to be clear. You did not. (laughs) I did have to. But I did. And I do stand by it, to be clear. The memoir is written for the white gays. However, comma. I want to be
1: clear. Every time you say gays... There's really both that work, G A Z E and G A Y S. Listen, it's an onomatopoeia
0: yes. or some shit. You know, it's it, it's the same thing. Is It's actually not an onomatopoeia. What's it called, Jerry? Uh, double
1: entendre?
0: Uh, is it a double entendre? Well, I don't know that
1: it's a double entendre because we're not using the same word in two different ways. We're using like a homonym. Who cares? Who cares?
0: You know, who cares? Not Y'all me. don't come here for vocabulary lessons anyway. Shit. Y'all know I be fucking shit up. Okay. That's, what, that's why you show up every week. Okay. Um, Is But I just what? wanted to say, <laughs> I just wanted to say that like in the course of, of me working on, you know, these book projects that I, I forecasted earlier um, in the podcast, I now understand why he wrote it the way he wrote it. I get it. Mm. I feel it. I have a lot more compassion now. Um I think I'm I'm also older so I'm just like a lot more gentler, you know. Uh- <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so okay, I just wanted okay. to start that off. I you know, just in case Karamo was ever like, you know, hung up on my little review, you know. I wanted to say, you know, publicly that I have evolved on those feelings um, slightly um, and that I. (laughs) I...
1: (laughs) The way the face that you made when you said that was like, but don't get too excited, bitch. That's how it felt. But
0: I thought that would be a good place for us to start in terms of like as we go down this list of, you know, people conversations that we've had on the podcast um, or maybe even off the podcast that we've just, you know, that we've grown to to feel slightly different about in some ways. And so you're going to kick us off with... Well, wait, 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 wait.
1: Have you interviewed Karamo? I have not. Okay. I've interviewed Karamo at least three times. Mm-hmm. Two or three times with the cast of, of Queer Eye and then once on a panel
0: and... Uh,
1: I... I, I'm curious what you think Caramo would have to say about what you wrote.
0: Well, so I do know what Karamo had to say at the time that my review went out because... He did a live show with Sam Sanders, friend of the pod, Sam Sanders from It's Been a Minute. They did a live show and rec- re- you know recorded it and put it on, on his feed. And Sam Sanders asked him, <laughs> Sam Sanders asked him about my <laughs> review. And so I know that, you know, Karamo is super positive. At least in public, right? Like, super positive, super... Well, I I say... You gave me a look. I say in public because, like, we all have public personas. We all have things that we say publicly, um, and we might say them differently, you know, in private. And so publicly, he took it, and he was like, you know... He writes for the people who I, I don't get me to line, you know, trying to requote him. But he took it in, in stride um, and didn't really address, you know, what I was bringing up, which mm. if somebody if and when somebody reviews anything that I do or reads anything that I that I write. Right. And they say they don't they like will. it. And yeah. they say that I'm, you know, capitulating for whiteness or whatever the case may be. I would have the exact same response, right? So, like,
1: well, and and you will have earned it through karma because you wrote that about very you.
0: much so. <laughs> so. And also, I would yeah. be clear: yes, I wrote this for white people. Sure did. Oh, it's for All Time right. Magazine. What do you mean? It's for Entertainment Weekly. Well, what do you mean? It's for the Los Angeles <laughs> Times. What do you? <laughs> what do mean? you? You mean? <laughs> exactly. You know.
1: Okay, so getting to some of the things that we talked about here on the show, I was actually just listening back right before we got on the air. What?
0: What? I'm laughing at Laura in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Who's like, fuck, we're canceled.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, All right. Well, this has been so fun. Uh, 100 episodes to (laughs) to wrap it up
0: here. Okay, I'm Um, done. Keep going.
1: So some of the things that we're going to be keeping at 100 about, um, I will say, number one, Kevin Hart. The first episode... Uh, of this show, we talked about Kevin Hart. And... Y'all
0: heard it last week,
1: right? Exactly. I want to touch on two things. Uh, Kevin Hart was episode one, and boycotts and cancel culture were uh, was episode number seventy two. I am going to come at this from this perspective. I'm, I'm I wrote a chapter in my book called "I'm Not Boycotting Shit I Like." Y'all will be able to read that <laughs> when it is available in stores. Um, but like it. Is really talking about how I feel like I'm tired of not being able to consume something because I'm supposed to be boycotting it. Right. And how I'm not doing that shit no more. Um, and, like, to be clear, I'm not like a Kevin Hart stand by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I, can't I can't tell. With shit. Let me know when you're done. Let me know. I, I just... But I watched his his new um, dramatic series on Netflix called True Story. And I enjoyed it. I think it's about four minutes too long. But, like, overall, <laughs> I think it's really good. Um, and I enjoy the twists and turns in it. But, like, on Kevin Hart and on boycotting and all that kind of stuff, like, I am no longer committed to, like, the micro-boycott of a place or a thing or a whatever. Um, because I feel like I do enough for community, Right? I volunteer my time. I'm involved in plenty of activism. I do this goddamn show. I do a lot for community. And goddammit, if I want some chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A, goddammit, I'm going to have them.
0: Okay, wow. We or went all over watch the place here. Series,
1: well, because in the Boycotts and Cancel Culture episode, Chick-fil-A is one of the things that we use as an example, right? Um, if I want to watch fucking True Story on Netflix and be entertained by it, goddammit, I'm going to watch it. Or if whatever else, like, I am tired of, of boycotting things that I'm interested in or want to see, not maybe not even falling in love with, right? Like, I could have watched True Story and hated it. Um, but I'm tired of feeling like I'm putting limits on what I can enjoy and do for the movement when, like, my not watching said thing is not going to do anything to impact said thing. Like, me not watching True Story hurts Kevin Hart or Netflix? None, right? Me not getting the chicken nuggets, like... They, they ain't missing my $8 or whatever the fuck it costs, right? And so, like, I am giving up on the idea of boycotting shit that I like
0: interesting it's interesting you say that because one i don't i feel like one you've said this before in in various capacities about you know not depriving. i've been saying
1: this to you yeah you said
0: you said it on on i forget what episode it was but you you did mention the idea of like not um depriving yourself of of things that you that you know you like or enjoy are interested um in investigating i find this interesting because now I did not listen to the Kevin Hart episode because I, I, a decision that I have made. Okay, since we did that first episode, is, is that, you're boycotting that episode? No, no, I'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not boycotting that episode. I'm not I'm not boycotting anything as it relates to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, much like Dave Chappelle, just don't factor into my life. I get it. So it's not a deprivation. It's not a a an intent, right, to to stick it to the man. It just is I don't consider or think about Kevin Hart um or Dave Chappelle. And I won't consider or think oh. about um those individuals because, right, there are so many other things for me to consume in film and television that like if I'm not interested in you know these individuals, for whatever reason, right, and you know we've detailed those particular reasons, Dave Chappelle, and what I believe is is his transphobia kevin hart and and not even Kevin Hart's you know quote unquote alleged homophobia, as you all heard um in in last week's episode, but just I don't really find him funny, I don't find him entertaining that. um and I think that there is a a fine line right between. Oh, I'm not watching Kevin Hart because he still hasn't, you know, legitimately apologized for saying that he would, you know, beat the shit out of his child for wanting a, you know, a dollhouse or some shit like that. There's a fine line between that and just like not considering or not even not even taking into account whatever, you know, he or Dave Chappelle is doing. And I'm, I'm closer to, to the latter.
1: For me, like I, I had the ladder. Hold on, wait. Like, ladder
0: is the second thing, or or, or is the, the the first thing? <laughs> the ladder is the thing at the end. Okay, just making yes. sure. <laughs> oh, ladder as you, in later. You. Wow, I just came up with mm-hmm. my own mnemonic mm-hmm. device. Again, another word that I am not sure I'm using correctly, but I think so.
1: Well, you used it correctly, but did not pronounce it correctly. Wow. But whatever. Oh. Uh, uh mnemonic you said pneumonic as if it was
0: like pneumonia well that's how it's um, spelled it's spelled like that ain't it no no it's okay i'll shut up i'll shut up i'll um, shut up sorry well, I- <laughs>
1: I, I will say that, like, for me, the change is that I wasn't, like, I'm not going to watch Kevin Hart, no, 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 no. And, like, yeah. I still don't follow Kevin Hart, but, like, I'm going to watch the shit if I want to watch it, goddammit. Okay, let's move on. Wendy Williams, who I really think um may we may be able to owe a little bit of this to for one of our most common sayings is, you know, I'm a woman, it's my prerogative to change my mind. Well, honey, neither one of us is a woman, but we it's both of our prerogatives to change our minds. I'm tired of Wendy, and I'm ready for her to go.
0: Okay, so this is interesting. I've had enough. This is interesting because do, on that episode, which featured the iconic, the one and only Shar Jacelle, make sure y'all check her out, follow her at Char Says So everywhere.
1: She always points out Shar Says So to S's, not Shar Say So. Right. I just want to put that <laughs> out there, yes.
0: But this is interesting because I do remember us kind of towing that line between whether or not, like, Wendy was like, Good at her job, yeah you know she be she be life. making making up stuff on the spot on air. She <laughs> she be offending people in a variety of different ways, and we were kind of tethering that line. So it's interesting to hear you say that, like now you're you know no go altogether.
1: So I'll, I'm gonna put it this way: one, I don't believe that she's sick. Uh... I just I don't believe that. I'm not buying what we're being told about this.
0: Let's explain for the people who don't
1: know what's going on with Wendy. Well, we've been told that Wendy's ill, that Wendy's, you know, having health issues. There may be some health issues, but I'm not convinced that Wendy is sick in the way that they have been. We should say
0: she's been gone. From the host seat for a couple months it feels like at this point.
1: Well her show was supposed to come back in the beginning of September. They then delayed it two weeks and then they delayed it another two weeks. And they have had guest hosts uh, for half of the season now at this point. And like I'm not her doctor and I don't know what's going on. But something about this does not sit right to me. And I don't miss Wendy. Um, Because I had already stopped kind of watching it. I would watch on occasion if there was a hot topic that I was interested in. And I know for yourself, like, Char used to watch regularly, Mm -hmm. right? I was in a meeting with Char earlier, and it was on the TV in the background, right? (laughs) So... (laughs) I, I, I know Shar is a fan of the show and still watches and like I'm a fan of Sherry Shepard I think Sherry has done a great job guest hosting that show and I'm really rooting for Sherry to get her own show because I think she deserves it and has shown that she can bring in the numbers because for the record the when Sherry has hosted the show the ratings have been the highest that they've been in the season but like I'm not willing to believe what we're being told about Wendy and I don't think that Wendy was contributing enough to the culture for me to be like oh my god when is she coming back
0: see just, okay I'm gonna way. push back there because I do think that she was contributing a lot now i don't know if it was all in the positive direction of contribution that's fair but i do think that she was contributing a lot here's my feelings one she has been gone too long Two, because she's been gone so long, the Wendy Williams show does not factor into my day in the way that it did when we first did that that episode. You know, Char watches it live. I used to watch it on YouTube every single evening. Like, it was as I was eating dinner. It was part of my schedule. It has not... I have not thought about the Wendy show since she's been gone, to be quite honest. And you know what? What I'm now... Based based on the ways that I'm now just like thinking about how I consume culture, I have even I have lower tolerance for that type of I don't even know what to describe how to describe it right. But like w- Wendy has said things that are problematic. Wendy has said Ooh. things that that are. To be quite honest, an affront to who I am as a person, right? When she said mm. the thing about men wearing dresses, right? And she was she was said something to the effect of how like you know women women got to have their own thing, you know. I think that's what triggered that episode, right? Right. I think it was. Yeah. And so like those types of and I I always just found it entertaining. I laughed it off or whatever. But like I now put wendy williams in the same category that i also put and i hate to say this because actually i don't hate to say this because this is her mentee anyway charlemagne right and we did a whole episode on the breakfast club and i'm reminded of the whole situation that happened a few weeks ago with you know charlemagne has a new show on comedy central and vice president kamala harris came on the show (sighs) and he asked her this question basically asserting that joe mansion and not joe biden is the president because mansion is has you know seemingly been pulling a lot of strings and holding a lot of things up and simone sanders who somehow now has a job as a host on msnbc whatever we'll get to that later simone sanders and kamala harris kind of like bit back at him at that assertion and everybody was having this thought about like Why would she even go on Charlemagne's show and like all of this? And so for me, in my head, I put Wendy and Charlemagne together as two people who I'm just not interested in participating in the ecosystem that they have created around them. And I think that we would do ourselves a service as a broader community to to have those conversations with ourselves. Cause we always get up in arms when these people make whatever infractions that we make them that we feel like they make. And then what do we do with it? We tune right back in. Well, I, I will say that number
1: one, I was really irritated with Kamala Harris and her team for going on that show because I just felt like it was such a poor choice. Um, Charlemagne has repeatedly shown us that he is all of the isms and obias, right? And like, is willing to throw them all around. Um, And it it just, it frustrates me. We we did an episode on The Breakfast Club in July, 2020, um, if you're interested in listening to it. And I was just irritated with them for even making that choice, because I feel like there are plenty of other places that conversation could have been smarter and more valuable. And uh, it just, it really, really irritated me. Now, mind you, there are plenty of people who could argue that, them going on uh, on Charlemagne's new show is, you know, it was effective because it made headlines, but it just, it really, really irked me. Um, I will also say that um, for me, we did an episode on episode 17 was about mediocre black art. I am more emphatic now that mediocre black art needs space than I've ever been mm. because... Of some of the things that I'm watching right now, or see not watching but seeing on television,
0: what hey, I was just going to ask, did you? Because I don't remember the conversation. Were you feeling differently when we when we did that original episode? You were feeling like we shouldn't have mediocre black art.
1: For me, that right now, I feel like it is more important, and I think also it's going to be. Um, more common that we get mediocre black art, to be quite honest with you, because there are so many black things in development, right? There are so many things, so many writers that are black folks that are getting overall deals and being able to produce more and more content, and their pilots are getting bought, and all these, all of these things. All of them can't be excellent, just like <laughs> by, by by way of of the odds, and so. I think it is more and more important because I think it's more important now than it ever has been for us to be able to see Black folks in all kinds of ways. And I, I'm sure that, and I spoke about that in the episode, but like, we need to be able to see Black folks being excellent, but we also need to be able to see Black folks being normal. And that's one of the the things that um, we hear as a, as a review of Insecure quite a bit, actually, is right, is like... These black folks don't all have to be perfect and excellent and, you know, talented 10th and doing twice as good to be make it half as far. Like, they can also just be, like, great people, right? Or just good people that are trying. Um, mind you, Issa ends up killing it at the end for for all of us. that all the last season. But, like, <laughs> I, I think it's important that we get to see black folks just being black folks. And even when their lives aren't being about about being black or queer folks, that their lives aren't about being queer. I just always like to remind people that Paul, Ma- Paul Blart Mall Cop has a sequel. So, also, <laughs> for me, we did an episode on body image um, called Baby Got Back Fat, episode 14. You wanted to say something?
0: I did, but you know, you zooming right on through this, honey. Go on zoom, 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 zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom. My supernova girl, 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 girl. Um, that is a very specific reference What's- that you obviously don't get, and that's okay. Because somebody out there... <sighs> Okay, it probably will be Sheena, but somebody out there will tweet us about that (laughs) reference. And guess what? I see you.
1: If you get it, tweet or email, because I have no (laughs) idea what just happened.
0: But yeah, I just wanted to say on the mediocre black art part that like, yeah, I actually feel like, and I I feel like I've always felt this way, that like everything, less on the point that like everything doesn't need to be excellent, but that, because like, no shade, I, I want I want my images to be excellent. I know that's That is right. what I want to consume. Uh, and that's what I want to see. But I also want the people for whom that definition of excellence does not, you know, manifest in the same way that it does manifest for me to also have content that they feel like is aspirational from where they are as well, right? Because sometimes our images Or relatable or relatable, right? Because sometimes the images that we that we talk about loving and seeing I'm never, even as much as I want to, I'm never going to be able to have a wardrobe like Molly on Insecure. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen.
1: See, that seems possible. It, you think so? Mm. Absolutely. I don't know. I know you used to love a Gabrielle Union for New York and Company. Oh, baby, I just bought the, new,
0: late. the latest part of the line. I just bought over <laughs> the New Year holiday. So let's not get listen, it twisted. Listen, I think it's possible. What I mean by that is like... Some, so many of these images that we see that we deem as excellent in whatever capacity, the distance between our lived reality and the and the the fantasy that we see on screen often is just so wide. And I Mm. think for some people that can be othering, that can be off-putting. And so it would be interesting to me to see, you know, films and TV shows and whatnot, representations that are, that there's less distance between what I'm doing in my everyday life and what's happening on screen. And I don't want to classify that as not excellent or mediocre mm. but i think the the vastness of the of a variety of types of images is is always what, what i'm interested in seeing so i just wanted to throw that out there
1: um on the next thing we had a, a whole outward conversation about body image Baby got back fat episode three um episode 14 um and I will say that like we did that almost two years ago and I can feel myself only really in the last couple of months starting to have a different relationship with my body Mm -hmm. um, and starting to like... Appreciate it better. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna say I remember that in that conversation. So we had Jessica Rehall, who is a yoga instructor, and then we have Kevin Carnell, who now is a fitness trainer and has a whole fitness, you know, budding fitness empire. Mm -hmm. And I remember us talking about because that was early in the pandemic, and we were talking about how Mm -hmm. we've been sitting around, eating up shit, doing, you know, doing nothing as as the initial lockdown like kind of had us. And I remember us both talking about like. Wanting to be active, but not really feeling motivated and like working through kind of a lot of the sentiments that we get in terms of like what our relationships to our bodies and fitness and quote unquote health should look like.
1: Well, I know for myself that a lot of it has really been more about my relationship with food that I've had to work on Mm. more than anything. Like, yes, I do need to be a little bit more active. Um, Lately, I've been like going and taking walks in the morning and I found a neighborhood that I'm really looking forward to living in one day. And so I will go to that neighborhood. I will walk around the
0: neighboring streets. Is it a black neighborhood? It is. Okay, because I just had to ask. I'm just saying, you. you if, if I'm Susie, okay, and I see this six-foot bald black man with a cute beard walking around my neighborhood every, you know, couple days, and him don't live here, I'ma feel concerned. And so I just want to make sure it was color, a colored neighborhood so that you'd be fine.
1: Anyway, <laughs> I will say <laughs> that, like, I've been, like, going into the... It's a big neighborhood. So, like, I walk on different streets. I found the street that I want to live on. I go pray for my neighbors and hope that they are well. And, like, have just really been kind of, like, doing that and trying to have more movement and exercise in my life. But also, I've been really dealing with and writing about how my relationship with food really has a lot to do with me always wanting to take it up a notch, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, if I'm celebrating and things are great food is a way to make it even better like oh let's celebrate and if i'm really depressed food is a way to like take it up a notch for me to to bring myself up or food is the way to just kind of improve a scenario and i'm and i've been like dealing with why is that mm-hmm. and then also recognizing how i feel after I've gone and walked, you know, five miles or been able to get a good workout in and I feel a different kind of good Mm -hmm. that lasts in a different kind of way and appreciating that.
0: I think that's interesting. I think for me, it's been a lot of, even even when I think back to the type, that conversation that we were having, you know, part of me wants to like admit that like, I think there was a little bit of like, you know, fat phobia in the air that we didn't recognize that we were buying into in some of the ways that we just felt even about ourselves and our own journeys. Um, And I know one of the things I've been trying to do, particularly since that episode, is just like work on the the internalized fat phobia that like Mm -hmm. I have when I think about like, you know, this idea of, you know, just trying to quote-unquote look a certain way or look healthy and like the ways that like all of these barometers BMI etc are like not only fat phobic but they're like made up and anti-black and otherwise problematic and all of that and so for me it's been about like trying to divorce those like broader conceptions from how I feel about my body because baby listen she is Heavier than what she was when we recorded that episode, but baby, she loves it. Listen, she got a couple extra roles now, and I just be sitting here like, oh, yes, baby. I be naming my roles and shit, you know, because I just love him that much.
1: You know what i that's making me think about Wanda Sykes and her naming her role esther esther role <laughs> and like i just i I love that I will say that like I feel very clear that part of my body image stuff is about fat phobia right like and being phobic and and like I just have to own that part of it is also knowing that I am not in the best health I could be in, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I was in a doctor's appointment. And they were like, so your numbers are okay. A couple of them are a little bit of a problem, but nothing is bad yet, right? So, like, you need to be paying attention to this, that, and the other. And so part of it is also that, and then part of it is also recognizing, like, I am not active enough. Yeah. I... I work from home even pre-pandemic, right? I, my, I run my business from my house. I do the show from the house. I do all of those things. And my commute is literally four steps. So I'm not getting 10,000 steps every day by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I'm clear that some of it is fat phobia, but I also know that some of it is about health and some of it is about, you know, not um, fitting into my clothes the way that I used to and things like that. Um, and so those things are interesting to me. I want to move on because we've, we've got a couple of other things yeah. to get to. Monique. We did a whole episode on Monique back in the day. That was episode seven, actually. Um, and it was really surrounding her, her Netflix boycott uh, on my behalf thing and, and saying to her, sis, we love you, but you ain't got that kind of social capital. <laughs> and, you know, we stand with you that you deserve.
0: Still, but honey, still stand I'm going to, exactly. With you.
1: Listen, but I won't be canceling my subscription. Let's just be <laughs> clear. I mean, to be clear, I'm on somebody else's subscription. We're all on it, and I, wow. I pay once every three years
0: because there's three of us, and I'll just send some money. Wow. But anyway, cooperative economics.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like three of us on it, and I'm like every year I'll just send however much and be like, "Girl, this is mine," and so thank you. But I feel like Monique, since we've done the episode, she had like that bonnet moment. About Um, not wearing bonnets in the airport and stuff like that. And like, that really irked me because I feel like we have all of these ideas about how we're supposed to present in the world for white people, right? Like, to me, the way that we, black folks, often, you know, well, we need to dress a certain way when we fly or when we go out into the world or when we're at the grocery store and all that bullshit. A lot of that is really about white people, right? And wanting to perform for white people. I don't give a fuck about that, right? When I fly, I am as comfortable as I can possibly be that day, right? And like, if I'm at the grocery store, now mind you, am I wearing a bonnet in the grocery store? No. But am I gonna go out and like drag the girls about it? No. Like. Honey, it, you know what it takes to make that hair look the way that it does? Take sometimes wearing a bonnet. And God damn it, I had to go out and get some Ritz crackers and some cheese because I was hungry. <laughs> and I wasn't taking this bonnet off for you, motherfucker. So it is what it is.
0: That, you, you know, so yes, I, I, agree, I agree on the whole, you know, the absurdity of her, her bonnet comments. Um, but you know what? I still ride for Monique. Yes. I can also recognize the ways in which, like, you know, respectability politics is all up and through so much of how she moves through the world, which I find interesting. Um, yes. Considering right? how much the older. Version of Monique the one from you know the Parker's days the one from Queens of Comedy days was well really the younger version um, well I don't want to say younger although she was younger I just think it was she was at a different place in her life and so like she was pushing up against so much more back then but I also wonder how much of these beliefs that she's now professing publicly she also actually still believed at that time but it just wasn't in her comedy or she just wasn't afforded. We we didn't have social media, right? So like she wasn't hopping on Instagram, you know, saying what she's saying or whatever the case may be. But, you know, shout out to Monique. I don't know what's the deal in terms of this Netflix uh, special situation, but, you know, shout out to you, love. Finally,
1: I think we should give folks a little bit of what we're planning for upcoming episodes. Um, You and I have worked on, you know, kind of forecasting what we want to do for upcoming weeks um of content and i'm i'm actually as we've been having this conversation i'm like oh wow i didn't realize how much i missed doing this um and like it's been fun to kind of like dig back into these topics
0: how much you missed me
1: well i was gonna say you can say and how much of that didn't have to do with you (laughs) (laughs) um but looking ahead (laughs) to some of the the topics that we're planning on talking about i'm really excited about a conversation that we're gonna do uh coming up and we welcome you all's feedback on mental health culture I feel like I hear so many people having conversations about, you know, their depression and being triggered and, you know, uh, being toxic and all of these different kinds of things. But, like, using so much of this language without enough knowledge of what they're talking about. And I imagine that for mental health professionals, it's got to be great that so many people are thinking about therapy. It's probably also got to be lucrative, let's be honest. But, like, I, I imagine if I were a therapist or a psychologist, I would be like, stop saying that. To certain things, and so I'm excited to have uh that conversation mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. okay that's coming up soon. What else do we have in the in the mix?
1: We're going to have a conversation about the new sex in the city chapter called and just like that, and not necessarily just about like the show and whether or not we like it right. But like, there's some interesting notes that are being hit on this show about diversity, equity, and inclusion. About being responsive to the criticism of the original series. Um, we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna also have a conversation about group chat because,
0: wow, you just you 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 got you know depleted just by the name, just by the word group Listen, chat. Listen,
1: group chats, group chats where me. I get the efficiency of a group chat and being able to communicate with multiple people at one time.
0: Okay, well don't 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 spoil the whole episode, sugar. We don't need to do all that. She wears me out. Well, l- me let's out. just say that Ooh. we do have some a variety of different topics that are already kind of in the can that we're thinking of doing. We want to hear from y'all, though. What topics are you talking about in your group chats or, or, or around your water cooler? You know, do they still have water coolers? Um, if you, are you still going to work? I'm really excited. It's fine. Ignore me. <laughs> that gag is.
1: Um, I'm really excited about uh, talking about astrology.
0: Yeah. But, like, all y'all listening... Let us know what topics, what people you would like to see on the show, conversations you would like us to have. I did want to. F- I cannot wait for this college
1: degrees conversation. Okay, you know what? Let's go. Okay, um, but wait. One we s- want to hear from y'all. Wait one second.
0: Wait one second. Wait one second. I did want to forecast that we are going to start doing some special content for folks who are members, financially contributing members of the Fanti Fam. Okay, so you're going to. We're going to be doing. We're going to be doing more. Opportunities for you to, you know, chat with us. I'm not going to throw out a date yet, but if that's something that you're interested in, you should... You know, make sure that you're a member. You can contribute as little as $5 a month by going to MaximumFund.org slash join. We'll be reaching out to the people who are members and telling you about this very special content. We'll be teasing it on the show too and all of that, right? But I just want to let y'all know that we got, some, we got some good interesting things coming up for you people.
1: One of the new things that we're going to do, do is actually starting this month. We're going to be doing that a little bit later and we're excited about it. So if you are a part of the Fanti Fam um, here at Maximum Fun. Thank you. And if you're not, you got some time to get on it and be ready for the live things that we're going to do. We want to hear from y'all, though. Let us know what y'all think about um, some of the points that we've brought up so far. Hit us up on social media using the hashtag Fanti Fam. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Fanti Podcast. Coming up, why y'all hate us so much in listener feedback and our dishonorable mentions. We're coming right back. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling
0: Seen podcast here on Maximum Fun. I'm Lisa Hanawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. (laughs) Tune in to hear about... Low stakes neighborhood drama. Gardening. The sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle. Hot sauce. Addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture. And the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. (laughs) There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby geniuses hosted by us two horny adult idiots hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all every other week on maximum fun Crazy Welcome back, beautiful people. We're going to get into our listener feedback segment, our opportunity to read out some of your letters, some of your feedback in terms of the conversations we have on the show. Um, And for this week, I'm going to read out a letter that we got from Candace um, late last year, I believe, you know, during the break that we were on. um, She responded to a couple different episodes all in one, but I pulled out the part um, in response to the Jussie Smollett episode that we did um and candace says baby i don't care if cpd and let me stop
1: let me stop let me stop you (laughs) candace i love you for starting an email with baby like (laughs) it just it just spoke directly to my spirit and i just thank you for that
0: candace says i don't care if cpd and the city of chicago has said that he lied i do not care I also don't know if I believe all the details of Jussie's full story and for me it doesn't matter because I a black queer masculine masculine of center woman believe when someone has said something has happened to them knowing what it's like not being believed full stop plus the onus to say he's definitely lying falls with the state of Illinois slash city of Chicago not me like Travelle said whose report will you believe I will believe the report Of the law. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Oh. am I supposed to believe the same CPD that was complicit in the decades long abuse of black women and girls by a one Aura Kelly the same CPD that pours bleach on neighborhood gardens in poor black neighborhoods? Please, the same CPD that found me passed out in a bar with bruises and a broken hand and threw me in the drunk tank where I received no medical attention when it turns out somebody spiked my drink? Not ever in life, darling. Not ever. All CPD did was send a loud message to victims that they will never be believed or their claims be properly investigated.
1: Baby, I just, I love the writing of this because she spelled out A-R-A. <laughs> she did. She did. I, I just love it. Candace, a A pretty perfect email. Um, I'm sorry about the things that have happened with you with the CPD because that sounds really traumatic, but also definitely colors the way that you will look at, at their behavior. So, uh. I,
0: yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So that's our listener feedback segment. Um oh, I'll just say I'm I'm with you Candice if that wasn't clear, honey. Right right there with your sis. Um and so now we are going to get into our dishonorable Minchans.
1: That's right, it's time for our dishonorable mentions. These are the stories of people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out, either for their good or for their stupid. Number one, I'm gonna give honorable mention to Tatiana Burton, who y'all would not know on this show unless you've been following me for, for quite a while. You would know her as the Tati B. She's my first podcast host. We did a hundred episodes of Back to Reality together. It was the f- the first time that I had a long run on a podcast and they ended up going to NBC News when I was hosting it by myself. But Tatiana did those first hundred episodes with me of Back to Reality and we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and so shout out to her. I want to give a dishonorable mention to... To games that advertise themselves in ways that aren't actually part of the game, and then you buy the game, and then you see that the game has been advertised in a way that is other than the demonstrations that are also not a part of the game, and then they're still trying to sell me that same game when I'm playing other games that I've already bought and paid 250 different levels of. Yes, I'm talking about you, Royal Match, okay? Okay. This game, Royal Match, that is always getting advertised on my iPhone, I'm tired of you. Oh, wow. I, I hate your marketing because you're always telling us that you're always showing us different things and different levels that we might play that are not a part of the real game. So, fuck y'all. Also, I'm kind of hooked on the game. Um, Finally... Aisha Curry um there've been all these these rumors about um their marriage being open Mar- uh, Aisha Curry is married to Stefan Curry or Steph Curry or Stefan Stefan, whatever apparently he plays basketball or something and he's from the bay area so i should shout him out but like there have been these rumors about their marriage being open and she quote said, don't disrespect my marriage. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. The idea that other people's marriages that might be open have something to do with disrespecting hers by simply being open or by by asking if the relationship is is open. It just it hit me the wrong way. I don't know all of the the context of what she believes what she's doing and what she's not doing or what people have been saying to her that we don't know about but i also just want to acknowledge that people can be married and have an open marriage and it doesn't have anything to do with respecting or disrespecting yours so it which kind of hit me i guess in a way that is similar to like um the sanctity of marriage kind of arguments that we heard throughout the years of marriage equality conversations it just it irked me so Oh okay
0: you all right friend
1: Take a deep I'm breath. Fine. Take a deep breath with me. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine.
0: Um so
1: yeah, that's all.
0: All right. Well, so I have two honorable mentions this week. First and foremost, I, won't, I have a recommendation for you all. You like listening to podcasts. You obviously like listening to some trans shit because you're here. So I want to encourage you all to check out this new limited series podcast. It's called Harsh Reality, The Story of Miriam Rivera. It is a, the story about Miriam Rivera, who was a trans woman who starred in a, a British reality show. In the early 2000s. And it's the story about how. This whole journey of Miriam. Starring in this show. um, Is like super complex. There's a little bit of drama. There's the the, long story short. The reality television show that she did. They basically tried to. Dupe all of the male contestants. Who were competing for her love. By not disclosing that she was trans. (gasps) And uh, it We can have a conversation separately about disclosure and all of that, but it is a really interesting podcast. It is uh, hosted by Trace Lissette, um, co-sponsored and and put together by Translash Media. Shout out to Amara Jones um, over there. So be sure to check that out. It is really, really, really fascinating story and great piece of um, trans history that I did not know in television. Um, So check that out. And then I want to take a moment to give some flowers <laughs> to an icon, a black, an, icon living. an iconic black comedic actress by the name of Wendy Raquel Robinson. Now, I know hey, you hear that name and you say to yourself, Wendy Raquel Robinson, what's she doing? Okay, you're like Miss Piggy, Regina Greer. From the Harvey show? The Steve Harvey show? Yes! That's whom I'm talking about. Okay? Maybe you also- I want to be clear. If
1: you know her as Piggy from the Steve Harvey show, you might not be asking that question. Well,
0: but no, no. You are asking (laughs) that question. Why? Because you don't know what she did since the Steve Harvey show. OK, but I'm going to tell you, you know, that little show that we all, you know, talk about because, you know, it's a little, uh-uh, you know, the game, you know, was on CW, then the BT and then, you know, da-da-da-da. well, now they have rebooted it. OK, and it is on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. OK, and mm-hmm. I was watching it. Speaking of mediocre black art, I was watching it over the break. OK, and the season finale episode came on last week. There's a scene. OK, between. Wendy Raquel Robinson, who plays the iconic Tasha Miggity Miggity Mac. Okay. Tasha Mac, baby. Okay. There's a scene between her <laughs> and Pooch Hall, who plays her son. Okay. I think it's mm. Pooch Hall. Anyway, the performance. I,
1: I think it's Josea Sanchez that plays her son.
0: Josea Sanchez. That one. There's a scene between Wendy and the person who plays her son. And when I tell you that Miss Wendy Raquel Robinson is doing the good acting, I mean, Mm. okay? And we all Mm. have conversation. We talk about Sherry Shepard and the physical comedy. We talk about Niecy Nash and the physical comedy. We talk about Monique and the physical comedy. Regina Hall and the physical. And we should. We should talk about those people. But who we don't
1: talk about? Erica Alexander. We
0: don't talk about Wendy Raquel Robinson, and we need to put some respect on her name. I'm done.
1: Okay. Well, there is that. Shout out to Wendy Raquel Robinson. I, I ran into her on a lot one day, and like I was like, "Oh my god!" And she was. Like, she was like, "Who's this crazy
0: tall black man coming at me?" She
1: said, "What is all this faggotry before me?" She didn't say that. She <laughs> didn't say that. She did not say that. She did not say that.
0: She did not. Say that. <laughs> um, okay. Let's. Okay. It's time for Black History is Happening Every Day. So surprise, 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 I have to give some more flowers this week to the one and only Michaela J. Rodriguez, who made history earlier this week. She is the first person, first trans person to win a Golden Globe. She won in the lead actress in a drama series category for the final season of Polk. Now, it should have been the first season, but I'm going to mind my business. All right, I have been beating the drum quite hard since that very first season. I'm so happy that it's finally come to fruition. Like many, I hate that the moment was not televised because of the HFPA's foolishness that they are navigating through, but still, okay, Michaela J. Rodriguez, you deserve, and I know we're all tired of the whole representation matters conversation, but guess what? It very much do. OK, and hopefully this win will continue to open up doors and opportunities for other trans performers so that they, too, can thrive and get their keys, their keys, their flowers on these national stages. Actually, you could give them oh, a key too: were- key to a house, key to a car, key to the city. Give them a key. Why not?
1: See, I thought you were about to do like this whole like give them the keys to be able to open the doors for other. Be- I thought that's where I that was going. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, it's wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so shout out to MJ Rodriguez. I love the, she went on Instagram live that night and, and you know, celebrated the moment and, like, you know, just so excited for Michaela J. Um, congratulations. And to the whole team over at Pose, like, just such an incredible show. I, I think I'm going to go back and watch Pose again, actually. You should, P. it's great. Yeah. Um, There's not a million episodes to get through. It's three seasons. It's fantastic. So um, go check it out. Before we go, I want to plug that I have a brand new interview out with Winston Duke over on Bullseye here on Maximum Fun and also on NPR. Um, The episode dropped on Friday. Um, It's a really, really good interview. Winston Duke, you will know from Black Panther. Um, He plays M'Baku, and uh, when we were doing that interview, he was actually uh, filming Black Panther 2. I did get him to talk about Black Panther 2 and and some expectations for it. But um, the thing that I really enjoy about this interview is Winston Duke plays, you know, a a Marvel character, right? And we had some really in-depth conversation about body image issues um, for a black man. Um, And we also, I, I think that Winston Duke gave the single best explanation of what going through therapy is like. Uh, in this interview and it is it's a really really good one um he cries in the interview i cry in the interview there's it's a it's a very very good interview so uh, go check it out it's over on bullseye where you get your podcast and also on NPR if this conversation piqued your interest and you want more of this good, good. you can go and check out all of the mini episodes that we uh, referenced throughout this episode um, the Wendy Williams episode episode two Kevin Hart is episode one boycotts and cancel cancel cultures episode 72 mediocre black art episode 17 body image episode 14 and Monique was episode 7. Um, we appreciate you all so much for listening and uh, starting this new year off with us. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show, what you love about the show, and what you'd like to see coming up on the show. If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Fantae Podcast. Use the hashtag fantai Fam, um, and we will make sure to check it out and respond to you. Or you can send us an email at fanti at MaximumFun.org.
0: If you would like to become a financially contributing member of the Anti fam, you can do that at MaximumFund.org slash join. We'd really, really, really appreciate it. Our music, as always, is brought to you by the one and only Corey. Reese. That's C-O-R He's got some new music coming up in the next couple of weeks. So go ahead, give him a follow. That way you can get that good good as well. And our graphics are brought to you by the folks over at Moonhouse Creative, led by the one and only Ashley Wet.
1: Also, for the joining of MaximumFun.org slash join for the Fanside fam, remember that we have new content coming up um, for, the, for our exclusive members. Our producers are Laura Swisher burr, 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 burr. and Lorraine Woo. This is a production of Maximum Fun. Period.
0: MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Did you forget we were doing a show? I did. I was, you know, in, I was thing. in La
0: La Land, honey. I don't even know where we at. You said MaximumFun.org. <laughs>